Welcome to Podcasts on Demand, a continuing medical education activity. This activity includes the most recent and current clinical data presented by leading experts. If you are seeking continuing education credit, please review the disclosures and the requirements for a successful completion of the activity prior to listening to the podcast. A link is found in the podcast description that can direct you to this information. Welcome to episode three of three of the treatment progress in triple negative breast cancer, improving disparities and outcomes with new approaches podcast series. I'm Dr. Bill Gratisher, and I'm joined by Drs. Yuan Yuan and Rita Nanda. Thank you to listening to our first podcast on the biology and burden of triple negative breast cancer, and our second podcast on personalized management approaches in TNBC to enhance patient-centered care. In this third and final virtual roundtable conversation, we discuss new strategies and approaches to reduce breast cancer mortality and improve the disparities in health outcomes of racial, ethnic groups. TNBC has clinical features that include high invasiveness, high metastatic potential, proneness to relapse, and a poor overall prognosis. The heterogeneous tumor biology, aggressive clinical course, and higher metastatic potential underscores an unmet need for education and research to ultimately improve its prognosis. Moreover, we need more awareness on racially distinct differential gene expression signatures in TMBC and how these distinct features may provide insights into the mechanistic basis for aggressive TMBC and offer clues about druggable target space in racially diverse TMBC patients. So that's a great segue again, going to the third part, addressing disparities. Um, we all know that for triple negative breast cancer, we, we talked a little bit about earlier regarding the, the race, ethnicity tends to happen, we tend to observe higher rates in black women um, comparing with Caucasians and also higher rates in Hispanic um, patients. And because of the um, some of the issue we're gonna address earlier, later, uh, there has been observed higher incidence rate of stage three or have stage four you know, stage four disease in this population. I think this is a, a nice um, summary of a potential issues, which uh, factors contributing to disparities in triple negative breast cancer. So um, on the top of the box, we saw like access to healthcare. Um, maybe I'll pause here, have uh, Rita and Bill, you make a comments. Um, what do you see in your practice that potentially will be a challenge? And actually, I looked at into our cancer registry, we have 9% African-American population. Um, so definitely, um, I know there are patients could not come to my institution for care. That is the biggest, obviously, the top prior, uh, priority for us to tackle. Yeah, there, there are so many things on this slide that are potentially, you know, incredibly germane to your healthcare. But at the same time, there's just as many things with trying to live, you know, so if you layer that on top of, you know, a healthcare problem that develops, and you know, just look at this, those two bottom boxes, you're just trying to get through your day to the next day, and then layer some of these other things on top of it, including comorbidities, uh, yeah. there's no, no surprise that this is an incredible challenge for many patients, and it's getting the justified attention, finally, probably that it always needed. 
Yeah, I mean, I would agree with Bill. You know, we have we actually have a large proportion of black patients in our catchment area. Forty percent um, of my patients or of our patients are black. Um, self report for self report, and you know, when you think about the the sort of factors that if, you know, who are these patients? At least in my practice, who have triple negative breast cancer, a large portion are young black women. And, you know, there are challenges around who's going to take care of my kids when I come for treatment for my triple negative breast cancer. And so I think there are are a lot of things that we as the healthcare community need to do to help patients get the care that they need. You know, a lot of that is equal access to some of these novel therapies that we just spoke about, um, but also making sure that they have the support and it can be very challenging um, that that we get our social workers involved, engaged, and do community outreach and figure out what we can do to help patients get the care that they need. Well, absolutely. And actually, last uh, month or so, I'm losing three young patients. Um, they were in the middle of their neoadjuvant treatment, yet due to the disease-related condition, the, they're losing their employment. So again, it's sort of a vicious cycle. Um, we... We're yet to find out how to help them. And even with, uh, I'm, I'm living in California, with the um, California government insurance, Medi-Cal, sometimes it's still not sufficient. So I think this is a really a, a huge challenge um, in addition to the other factors. So because of all of these reasons we just described, um, there has been data clearly demonstrating in patients who already enrolled into trial setting, for example, if there appears to be this, this information comes out straightforward that we we have a lower percentage of patients in black, for example, in SWOC study, 9% only. Um, there's um, this large analysis looking at a pharmaceutical company sponsored trials, only 2.9%. So this is a conclusion that most imprinted to our impression that our African-American patients' um, clinical trial participation rate is really low. But interestingly, there is a, a new data that recently came out um, that uh, sort of broke that, that myth. Um, so this is an interesting study published in 2020 by Unger et al. They look at um, 35 clinical trials aggregating almost 10,000 patients. And the interesting question they asked is that if we offer or provider discuss and offer the trial to the patients, and would they agree to participate? So, so the conclusion was very interesting. Over 50% of the participants would, would join the trial and regardless of their race and their ethnicity. So, so it's very much different from what we understood earlier. So I thought this is really open, eye-opening and I wanted to know your impression on this study. Yeah, the, um, you know, the, the notion that any patient, you know, there, there, there's a lot of emphasis these days uh, for physicians to be trained or be cognizant of implicit bias. And probably one of the things that we've been told by this data and other data is the biggest reason some patients don't participate is they never were told. So we're, we're, we're if you're in a place where we have trials and a patient makes that statement, it, it of course implies that the provider, the caregiver is making an assumption about the patient from any of a number of different metrics that they're not going to want to participate or they can't or they won't follow up. So I think, you know, it's a little bit of, a, of this is or a lot of it is on us. 
I would agree with that. I mean, I have to say something that I'm very proud of is, you know, we have um, 40% patients in our clinic are black and 40% of our patients who participate in our clinical trials are black. So we are proportional. Um, actually, for some of our triple negative trials, it's even higher than that because we just happen to see more black triple negative patients. And um, I, you know, I think some of the um, pharmaceutical sponsored trials that have been done, maybe are trials that aren't open in areas where there's a racially and ethnically diverse patient population. Um, you know, I think there's all, always been a lot of focus in what are the sites that can put patients on the fastest, as opposed to let's make sure that we capture a diverse patient population in our trials. So I think there's something to be said for that. And I think this is a really important study. I have to say that, you know, for my patients, you know, every patient you offer a trial to you, you have to be invested and you have to take the time to talk to them about the trial, explain what it is. You know, one thing that I'll hear is, well, I don't, I don't want a placebo. Well, you know, you need to explain that if the standard of care is to have therapy, there is no placebo, you're going to get some therapy and you may get some therapy plus something. And, you know, so taking that time to, you know, not just say, oh, I have a trial. Oh, no, 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 I'm not interested in a trial. I don't want a placebo. I don't want to be a guinea pig, but really talking to patients. And there are some cultural issues here in at play. And it does sometimes take a little bit of longer time to talk to Black patients because there's this history in this country of, of experimentation without informed consent. And so I think we really do need to take that time and spend that time. And, and I think this was really exciting to see these data and hopefully it will reinforce to our community that we need to make sure that we're engaging with all patients equally and offering everyone equal ability to participate in trials. So well said, uh, Rita. So I can palpate your enthusiasm. And then I also echo the same, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I, I would say we often have been told we have some subconscious um, biases toward our, those patients we take care of and absolutely agree. We spend the time, we discuss, you know, why the trial is designed and at least if there's no placebo, as you said. Um, so this, this study also raised an important question is um, now the so-called precision-driven uh, clinical trial design. For example, if we're studying track um, alterations or specific mutations, BRCA mutation. So by design, you know, our clinical trial is limited to the population we intend to study. So I actually read this paper and, I, and there's one of the calling for broader inclusion or, or, or less exclusion criteria. I wanted to hear both of you, you are experts in the field. How do you tackle this question? I, I often found this I'm inflected of how do we address the scientific question, but try to make it broader. No, I think what, um, what I would say is absolutely, you know, there are patients who have more comorbidities and sometimes the exclusion criteria for trials are too strict and exclude some of these patients. And so I think we need to be very cognizant of that. And we need to push our pharma partners to relax some of the eligibility criteria so more diverse patients can enroll. And so I do think that is a very important thing that we need to think about as a community. And when we're when we're designing trials as an academic community, that we do it with the goal of, of being able to be inclusive as opposed to setting the bar so high that 
you know, if somebody's got a hemoglobin A1C of 6.5, they're ineligible or something like that. We need to make sure that we're inclusive and including people who have comorbidities that we don't think are going to impact the safety of, um, of the therapy or doing our earlier phase trials in patients who might be, you know, um, on the, on the border. And we think maybe there is some toxicity or not, but just being more inclusive in how we design our trials. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, there's always that tension where uh, a pharma partner or somebody looking for a registration wants a pristine population of patients. They don't want any surprises. But the reality is the surprises occur when people get this drug in practice. And if you're, you know, you don't want to treat somebody that's in liver failure with a brand new drug. But at the same time, some of these permutations of labs and so forth, as an example, are really reflecting real world practice. And I would echo what has been said that having inclusions like that are important. We've seen that, of course, with the approval of, you know, certain HER2 drugs now where somebody took the bold step of allowing patients with active brain mets to be part of trials. And, you know, that that was actually very enlightening, I think, for a lot of people. I think it paid off. Yeah. Um, so, you know, absolutely. And I, I think the only other comment I wanted to make is, you know, um, that I've had uh, on occasion is, you know, patients who have eth- benign ethnic neutropenia being excluded because their ANCs are a little low, but that's normal for them. So I think there are certain criteria that need to be thought about and, and um, you know, adjusted. No, absolutely. Well said. And then- and I cannot, I, I would keep on going and we wouldn't be able to stop like the resist criteria for bone only metastasis. It's really challenging. All right. So thank you for, um, you know, all these opportunities for us to discuss uh, triple negative breast cancer in the, in the short amount of time. We covered a lot of uh, issues and we went from biology to therapy to the future and to criticize on the current limit on the clinical trial design. So I think in conclusion, triple negative breast cancer is not one disease. It's molecularly complex and heterogeneous. Um, Despite um, its aggressive cancer with disparity in the stage of diagnosis and survival among different ethnicity races, we are making progresses. And now we have a lot more uh, therapeutic options for these patients going from conventional chemotherapy to immunotherapy to antibody drug conjugates to target therapy and a unique um, sometimes tumor agnostic treatment options for these uh, patients. And um, lower cost and mortality seen when treatment consistent with evidence-based guidelines. And also we still calling for innovative program, innovative clinical trial design to address um, a very important disparity in triple negative breast cancer care. Thank you. We hope you found this podcast useful and educational. To receive continuing education credit and to download your printable certificate, please go to the activity page at practice.cme.com to complete the post-test and evaluation to receive continuing education credit.